whether it's injuries or eventually getting cut, you know, seven or eight times. I look back and I just think of how fun it all was. You know, I'm like, gosh, what a blast, you know, and I know there was a lot of pain and, you know, sadness, the, you know, letdowns and all that. But when I think back on it, I'm like, what an awesome experience. Welcome to 90% Mental and the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with all-pro quarterback Jake the Snake Plumber and mental performance coach Grant Parr, where the mental game is discussed and discovered by the best quarterbacks and offensive-minded professionals in the business. From celebrating mental wins to actionable mental skills strategies and more, you'll learn how to mentally navigate in and out of the pocket. Today in the pocket, Jake and Grant sit down with Matt Gutierrez, former NFL quarterback, to talk about his leadership style, how he dealt with adversity, and the importance of the next man up mindset. Matt reminds us that beyond experiencing success and fame and all the accolades, he will never forget how much joy he received from playing the game of football. Ready List Sports is the future of sports playbooks with its digitized integration of multiple learning styles that helps coaches teach better and players learn more efficiently. Engineered by former professional quarterbacks, Ready List Sports' revolutionary play drawing tool will save coaches countless hours creating plays. Ready List Sports also provides the players accessibility to study their playbooks using the Ready List Sports app for iOS and Android. It's like having the playbook in your pocket. The best part of ReadyLists are the auto-generated tests the players take after studying that help ensure retention of your plays. Now let's all huddle up and go visit ReadyListSports.com. Welcome back to the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with Jake the Snake Plumber and myself, Grant Parr. And we're just super stoked to bring this show to everybody to talk about the mental game from a quarterback perspective. And I can't wait to share our, our guest today because this guy is just a winner. And uh, But before we, we introduce our guest, I want to introduce my sidekick here. Jake, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, Grant. Thought you were going to forget about me, man, but that's all right. I would have come in and uh, <laughs> made sure that people know I'm here today. Uh, I'm excited, too. It's uh, another, like you said, a winner, a quarterback, a guy who's been through some uh, ups and downs, I'm sure, in his life, but all, all in all, has uh, excelled and reached the top level. And uh, anytime we have a guest like this, I get excited just to hear what they had to say and learn a little bit about their journey. So I'll hand it back over to you to, to do the intro, man. Absolutely. Well, you know, being a, a Bay Area native like myself, um, I'm really excited to, to introduce this Bay Area product who, man, was a part of that incredible run. Uh, De La Salle with, uh, was a part of the 151 consecutive wins, uh, won a national championship, uh, multiple state championships, and had the opportunity to, to play at the NFL level and arena level. And uh, with, with further ado, I'd like to uh, introduce Matt Giertis. How are you, man? Doing good. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Right on, man. Well, let's, let's start this off. I want to, I guess we'll start back, uh, back in high school days and when you were playing for De La Salle. You know, you were playing for one of the best teams in the nation, arguably the best coach in history, Bob Latticer. You never lost a game your set your senior year, won a national championship uh, and, and a state championship. 
what kind of mindset do you have to have to, to lead one of the best teams in the nation? And how do you deal with all that pressure, you know, with everybody looking at, you know, De La Salle with all the consecutive wins that you guys were experiencing? Yeah, you know, I think, I think it was a great experience, you know, to be a part of that program at that time. Um, you know, luckily I was born in 84 and just kind of rolled in right as things were getting really interesting there in terms of, you know, they were kind of hitting a peak, getting close to the, um, you know, breaking a streak. And, you know, there was tons of good players coming through and they had built up enough notoriety to where they were getting a chance to play some other really good teams around the state and even eventually around the country. So, you know, I was just lucky to be there at a really exciting time and um, with a lot of great players. And as far as the pressure, you know, a lot of that was um, the pressure about the wins was external. I think one of the unique things about Bob Lattisor and, and the staff there was that you would think, of, you know, when you hear about him, you would think of this rah-rah high school coach, um, football guy but he was really quite the opposite he's more of an educator he's pretty quiet guy um, never yelled and he just had a way of recognizing what young men were capable of and you know setting the bar really high and kind of teaching us how to be critical of ourselves and and expect a lot out of ourselves and for me I, th I think that laid a, a great foundation on top of what my parents had taught me in terms of just having an expectation for myself and my own performance. And um, I think as a quarterback, that's really important because you get into situations where you're competing maybe with a teammate, um, you know, for a spot or for playing time. And you don't really, you don't really get to go head to head, you know, against that person per se. Um, oftentimes you're competing against yourself really to see how well you can perform your job. So um, I think it was a great lesson at an early age uh, in terms of just kind of ignoring the outside stuff that we control and just focus on, you know, what was going on with our, our own games and our, within our team. You, uh, you mentioned your parents. So I like to, you know, you're, you're older and out of football as far as playing. And, you know, I like to look back and, and have you go back to being a kid and when, when, uh, you were a kid. What were your dreams and ambitions? And did you have like an aspiration to go play in the NFL or did you want to be a shortstop for the Astros or, you know, what, what was little Maddie like growing up? Did you play a lot of different sports? And when did you realize, you know, you wanted to aspire to be in the NFL, say, when did that dream manifest? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think the answer is all the above. You know, I was really a, an outside kid. Um, Video games were starting to come on strong, but I just loved to be outside playing ball. And my dad was into sports. I'm, the old, I'm an older of two boys. So, um, you know, I was introduced to it at a really young age. My mom tells the story of me being, you know, I forget what the number is, but it was pretty young, two or three years old, and being able to name all the, all the NFL teams by their logo, you know. So yeah. I, <laughs> nice. A really young age. And um, same with baseball. I played um, – played a little bit of soccer when I was really young, but mainly baseball, hoops, and football. And, uh, you know, just just love to play ball, love to compete. And um, it was different than, than things are now. You know, I kind of – we would we would play them all, all year round, but really pick up, you know, the bat and the glove when it was baseball season and pick up the football yeah. when it was coming around. It was more that, you know, that type of thing. So I just love to be out there and play. I mean, and, and even now I still – 
just love to be outside, whether it's, you know, working on a golf swing or shoot some hoops with, with my son or whatever it is. So, um, you know, I always love to be out there. And I think again, at a really young age, I, you know, I had an aspiration to be, to be a great quarterback, to be a great football player. Um, and, uh, it was just kind of in me. I, I don't know, you know, aside from the, <clears throat> the exposure from my family and, and being in the sports and being big football fans, it was just something that I took to and kind of always had my eye on from a young age. So your aspirations are one thing, but when did you realize, uh, like I've been looking back on my life and when I kind of realized I had the ability to lead, the ability to like take a, a subpar team and compete against the team that was full of all-stars by sure. sheer like encouragement and just mindset and overcoming like, yeah, they're better than us. Obviously, who cares? Like anything can happen. When did you, do you have any moments that stand out where you realized man, I'm a leader. I can really get these guys going. I can, I can motivate my team. I can make them believe against all odds. Was there any moment that stands out in your young career and even throughout your whole career? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's a couple things that I can recall from even being in, you know, like middle school, um, you know, situations that happened in games where I was learning, you know, learning about being a leader. I remember one time, you guys will get a kick out of this. I was in middle school and uh, I don't even remember, you know, where I got this idea from or, or or who was maybe doing this at the time that was a pro or something, and it got caught on TV. But my team wasn't very good. We I think we had 18 guys on our team. Um, you know, it was a thin roster, skeleton crew. Everybody played both ways. I played linebacker and DN. Everyone did every special team. And uh, we were playing, you know, some good team from our area, and our line was getting shredded. I was getting beat up. And I was I was going after the linemen during the game, <laughs> you know, after the play, I get I get hit, and I'm I was probably you know 12 years old, and I was giving them every expletive that I had in my, my book, uh, you know, laying into these guys. And I remember the ref like saying something to me during the game, like, "Hey, dude, you need to chill out," or you know, I don't know if that's a good idea type of thing. And uh, I remember my dad giving me a, a lecture. Somehow he had caught wind of it. And just telling me, like, man, what are you doing, man? You want these guys to look out for you and, and play their best for you uh, and for the team. Like, do you actually think that's going to be productive? And uh, so that was, you know, that's one thing that kind of sticks out um, in terms of just, you know, learning how to deal with people, learning how to treat your teammates when, you know, when you have a high expectation. Um, and I think that was a constant, you know, learning process even to now, just how to deal with people, what motivates different types of people. And I think, um, I think as a quarterback, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have a, an outlook on the game or an expectation that's, you know, very detailed and, you know, really high standard. And it's a lot of work to, to bring others along and bring them up to that. But the answer is not always forced. You know, it's not always being, being a maniac. So um, I had to learn that. And I think a few years on down the line um, in high school, you know, when I really started to feel like, wow, I can actually do this. Like maybe the, you know, the dreams and ambitions that I've always had as a kid, maybe they can actually come true. Um, because I, I started to realize that I did have some physical gifts and I was like, you know, maybe 15, 14 or 15 at De La Salle as a freshman, sophomore and realizing like, oh, these coaches are looking at me as a sophomore to be the quarterback on varsity. Um, you know, with all these big games on the schedule and they've never had a sophomore before. And, and so 
that gave me a little bit of confidence. And then I think our, we got into the third game of the season. We hadn't really thrown the ball that much. De La Salle is known to be a running team. We had the we had the number one recruit in the country playing running back for us, DJ Williams. He played like seven or twelve years in, in the NFL as a linebacker. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you might know DJ Jake from Denver, right? So I know, yeah, I know DJ. Yeah, so he was a running back, and of course, um, you know everybody's focused on him. And so I, we came on our third game. It was against Modern Day from Santa Ana down in uh, SoCal. Great team, and we lit him up. We hit a I think we hung like 42 on them. We threw six touchdowns and they weren't, they had no idea what was coming because they didn't know, you know, they had no idea that Dallas Al could throw the ball now. And uh, <laughs> I think that was the, you know, the ability to go out and actually have some real success in a, in a very competitive situation. And then I kind of felt like, like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can compete at a high level. And, you know, I think that was kind of the, be the beginning of it. You know, Matt, I want to talk a little right bit about adversity um, and we'll go back to kind of your, your first year at, at Michigan. You know, you just you just came off your senior year at De La Salle, winning national championship, state championship, undefeated. So you're the man. Like you're, and you've been the man. So now you go to University of Michigan and you're, you're, you're turning heads. You're looking like you're going to be the starter. And you end up tearing your labor like right before the first game and Chad Henney comes in and, and, and takes the starting job. How did you bounce back mentally and emotionally from that experience? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure if you ever, like, I, I don't know if bounce back's like the way that I would look at it. Cause you know, I may have done some different things in that situation in terms of how I handled it mentally or how I approached it mentally. But um, I think at that point, it's just like, you know, you're just competing and you're just trying to get healthy and not really thinking about, you know, anything else, you know, it was just, I, I never really looked at it as like, you know, wow, this is time for a major pause or, you know, to rethink things. And I just kept going, you know, Hey, I got to just rehab and get back and compete. And um, I think looking back, maybe I would have done more of those other things, and, you know, kind of evaluated the situation and, you know, without going into too much detail about that, it's just, it's mostly about guys have to, Know, believe in themselves and their own ability and you have to be open to coaching but you know when you step onto a university like that or you're recruited somewhere you know they wanted you and you're there for a reason and so you have to believe in yourself and believe in your talent and um and believe in your own worth and and value to the team and the, and the organization the program or the organization so um you know there were some lessons to be learned there but as far as you know in the moment of being right on the cusp of starting at michigan and then you know, getting injured and, and uh, having it unfold all the, the way that it all did. It was, you know, it was hard, challenging to deal with, but, you know, I think most, you know, most guys would tell you, you get banged up and you just, you want to keep playing. So you just put your head down and, and keep going. When you transferred, did you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? I, I think that's one way to look at it. Um, <laughs> we already... <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I feel like I already competed like I had a chip on my shoulder. I don't know why it was there, <laughs> where it came from necessarily, but I just like to win. So, um, you know, at that point, you know, you feel like you're, you know, you're a little bit of an underdog situation or you're, you know, you're clawing your way back. But again, it's, you know, it's all the same. I, you know, I try not to get too wrapped up in, 
in all the, you know, that type, those philosophies because it just comes down to, you know, playing football and, you know, getting your game together and, and, you know, producing good performance on the field. And, you know, when I was in, in Idaho, at Idaho State, we had a lot of talented guys, but at the end of the day, we weren't, we weren't that good of a team. You know, we didn't, we didn't know how to win together. And, um, you know, so I think ultimately, like my fate as a player, I ended up going undrafted. Maybe, you know, maybe if we played better as a team and I played better as a QB, we win more games. Maybe I get drafted, you know, but I think, um, you know, whatever I was going through personally, you know, it didn't impact the team enough to really um, to really help myself out. So, um, you know, I think there's probably a lot of things I could have done better there. So. So you transferred to Pocatello, Idaho, man. I'm Boise, Idaho, born and raised. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Kibbe Dome out there, played in the championship, state championship there my senior year, played in some games there. Nice. I'm looking at, at your path and how it went. I mean, you go from being, you know, De La Salle undefeated, Michigan. Now you got a tough, you know, I guess, not a tough pill to swallow, but obviously, like you said, you still ball, you're playing ball, you're at a different level, not the one you maybe aspired to be at, but today's athlete young kids that are aspiring to be NFL quarterbacks and you know go to the top school get recruited by all these big schools um I want to I want to speak have you speak on a little bit of maybe I feel there are key characteristics to being a quarterback and to being a leader you know key characteristics one of them is to be so in the now and in the moment that you could give two shits about the NFL or the draft or even like what uh, anything after the game with your girlfriend, you're in the now. And that's like a huge one for me. So to be from Michigan to Idaho state, I imagine you had to really just focus in on, Hey, this is now where I'm at. Let's make the most of this. But what are some characteristics you look for just a few that you would say are key important for quarterbacks to have? Yeah, I, w I would, I would agree with that. Um, I can say that I've never really thought of it like that, but I really, I, I really agree with what you're saying. And I think that was kind of a mentality that I had. Um, and I, and I think I agree with it because I think there, for a guy to perform his best, there's no other way to go about it. I mean, you're just taking away yeah. from energy away from your game. If you're, you know, thinking about the league or whatever else, I mean, I feel like, you know, the approach that I, took and that I encourage young guys to take is exactly what you're saying, Jake, you got to worry about what's going on right now. And the league is going to happen. You know, they're, you're, you're going to get the opportunity on that based on performance. So, um, so I look for that. I like, you know, I kind of found that the best guys that I've seen or been around were pretty, um, pretty crazy about the game. You know, they love the game. They love to compete. Um, they were all about it and didn't mean they didn't, they didn't have personality. Um, I would say that that's probably another, you know, another part is you got to have some personality to relate to people. Um, so I look for guys with some, you know, with that, that focus and that love for the game, but also the charisma. And, uh, and I think somewhere, somewhere in that person's personality, and it's different for everybody, but you got to have a little bit of um, a little bit of nastiness to your, to yeah. your personality and, and the way that you compete. And um, I think that shows shows through in different ways for everybody. But guys got to feel it when you're around that, um, that it's time to get after it. That's a good point, man. It's being scrappy. My my old lineman would always kind of mess with me, you know, because I was skinny and smaller. And one particular, Lester Holmes in Arizona, we used to go at it all the time just messing around. 
And he's like, he'd come up and be like, I'm going to knock you out, Snake. And I'd say, well, what if I knock you out, Lester? Let's go. You want to fight? I'll take – what if I – you got to answer that the rest of your life, that this 195-pound QB knocked this big-ass dude out. So you better be right. ready to go if you want to scrap with me, mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think that that's exactly it. And, you know, you're saying it the way that I wanted to say it. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You got to – No, gotta I got it. Those are good characters. You got to have it, man. It's like kind of, I, I say it sometimes, like you against the world in some ways, you, your teammates, yeah. and everyone else outside of that bubble doesn't matter. You got to shut them out and just laser focused. And you hit it though, passion and, and love for the game and be, being prepared, knowing the game. And yeah, good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Matt, when you, um, when you actually reflect on your whole career, uh, what do you think is your, your, your proudest moment? And, and what was your hardest moment that you had to deal with? Oh, man. I think the, you know, the, uh, the hardest moments are probably a little bit easier to recall for, for whatever reason. You know, maybe that's not good. But, you know, the proudest moment, there's so many. I mean, I just, I, I enjoyed as, 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 you know, as many uh, obstacles as I had, as everybody had, you know, as everybody does that plays for a long time whether it's injuries or eventually getting cut, you know, seven or eight times, I look back and I just think of how fun it all was, you know, I'm like, gosh, what a blast, you know, and I know there was a lot of pain and, you know, sadness, the, you know, letdowns and all that. But when I think back on it, I'm like, what an awesome experience, you know, and I literally feel, feel joy when I think back on it. Um, so proud moments. I mean, there's just, there's so many um, and not, you know, like, you know, in, in the NFL, I, you know, like my rookie year, we went to the Super Bowl. If we would have won, that would have been awesome. I didn't really get to play. You know, I do feel like I contributed and, and all of that, as everybody did. But it's hard to pinpoint, like, one, you know, one thing. Um, I'm proud that I, you know, that I had the experience, that I, that I stuck with it through some adversities and, you know, made it as far as, far as I did. And even though I wish it, you know, could have lasted longer, um, it was awesome. As far as you know, some of the hardest moments, I think one of the hardest that I remember was when I, my second year in the league, I was competing for, um, for the backup job in New England. And I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was playing consistently. I was battling some stuff, you know, technique mechanics wise throwing, you know, that I had battled from, from getting hurt and even before. So I just didn't feel like I was performing great on a consistent basis, mostly in practice. Um, but I was competing and was going out and making plays. I went out in the third preseason game and just, you know, guys put some plays together and I, you know, I did really well. So I was making it competitive, um, but it came down to the wire and they, you know, they went with the other guy who was very deserving, who had been, you know, had been playing consistent, playing great, Matt Castle. You guys know Matt. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, just when you're, you know, from the, from the position I came from as an undrafted guy, and, you know, competing, working your butt off and trying to get an opportunity that can kind of push you, um, you know, push you up a rung in a sense, like going from a, you know, undrafted free agent three to a two on a great team. I mean, that's like a, a big deal, right? And, uh, you know, for your career and team, for your confidence and all that. So um, that was, that was hard, you know, hard to swallow. And also because I didn't, you know, I, I knew that I hadn't been playing consistently. And, uh, you know, I always think if you lose, it's a little bit, it's a little bit easier to swallow if you think you put your best foot forward, you know. Right. Um, 
so so that was tough but it's you know every every august you know first weekend in, in september there's a lot of guys that are experiencing that and going through that so um not something that i wish on anybody and it was you know just kind of a disappointing moment but i ended up um you know getting more opportunities after that so it was another learning experience hey i i want to know um kind of a little bit more about your style when you were playing ball uh ex maybe think back on your career if you have any games where you just had uh you were losing bad everyone written you off but you made the rally you created the rally you made that switch in momentum um and what was your approach to keep your team you know in it during those type of games where god damn everyone is walking out of the stadium they think it's over but you don't give up and, and is there one rally that stands out and then just speak a little bit about your approach when uh, you know you needed to lift your team up during those moments yeah yeah i think we you know we weren't we weren't behind too much at de la salle um no <laughs> i mean anything from that but you know when i was at idaho state like i mentioned to you guys we we were struggling to find find ways to win but we were in a lot of games or we were you know in situations like this where it was a shootout and we were having to compete come from behind maybe you know, my, my mentality has always just been to stay positive and just try to focus one play at a time. You know, I always felt like for me, if, if I got too emotional and excited that I was going to take me away from my game and I wasn't going to be probably very positive um, with my teammates. So, you know, I just, for me, I was always pretty riled up internally. And so I, I always, I was always trying to take a deep breath and stay calm and just stay focused on you know what the task at hand was um and then for the guys around to just be calm and be positive with them too um, but i always yeah. believe and i still believe this now that you know uh it's really you know the great guys these come from behind victories and guys are just stringing good plays together you know they're staying calm and staying focused and kind of weathering the storm <laughs> game and then you know you just string a couple of good ones together and then now you're rolling so um i don't think there's any real real magic to it for me personally in, in terms of that, except for the, you know, just trying to stay in control of my own emotions. I think I, when I think back and I know that you kind of hit on a, a couple points of this is like staying calm, staying focused, but having that, a, that belief in each other and that positive mindset that like, Hey, it's okay. We still can pull this out. That was always huge. You know, sometimes I had to walk around the sideline and call dudes out like, Hey, get up off the bench. You're going to miss this. You know, like, did you ever see yourself doing that ever? Like, hey guys, what are you doing back here? Looking in the crowd, get your asses up. This is this rally is gonna happen, but but not unless you get up here and like that positive transmission of energy to me is so important, not only from the players and quarterback, but also from from fans and people around. You know, the booing sucks. You know, that's negative. But if you're positive, man, I think that's a, an energy you can feed on. Did you ever find yourself kind of calling dudes out like that? Like, get your ass off the bench, man. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't think um, I don't think I did a lot of that um, once I got into once I was at Idaho State and then beyond. You know, I think I just because I think the position I felt I was in, and in a lot of cases, guys I was dealing with, I was trying to you know find ways. I, I totally believe in the the connection and communication and you know the sharing of energy with teammates um, on the sideline. And really, I think I wish I think it. I think it would have been a little bit more true to my personality and uh and I would have 
you know, probably had even more fun uh, if had I taken on a little bit more of that during games. Um, at the time, I just I felt a lot of you know internal pressure and um, you know wanting to do well, wanting to lead the team to to victory, and again, just trying to like stay calm between series, you know, and conserve my, yeah. my energy. Um, but I do, I do, I do agree with you, Jake. And I think I kind of look back and say, you know what? I think I could have, you know, spread, spread more of a vibe throughout the sideline in certain situations like that. Well, Matt, I, uh, before we get into, into our out of pocket questions here, which, uh, I love, um, real quick, I, I wanted to ask you this question because I, I had coach, Justin Albaum on my uh, podcast uh, last year and nice. you know, growing up in the Bay Area and, and, and I was pretty connected to De La Salle's success, you know, as much as your history, your program is just, it's known just to, to win and kick the crap out of people. Um, you know, the culture is not about winning. It's not about stats. It's about effort. And I remember talking to coach Allenbaugh, I said, you know, if you were going to deem your culture, name your culture what would it be and he said it's the effort culture it's all about effort every time every play so with that type of culture and that mindset how much has that culture affected you life after football and how you operate now after football yeah I think you know I think it instilled some great philosophy and uh, habits characteristics and all of us that they were a part of the program um, and I think now it kind of, it kind of stays with you in the sense that you kind of look at everything else in your life and you know what it meant to, to truly give everything that you had to, to one thing. And, uh, and so sometimes it's kind of a good, a good barometer even now to say like, you know, Hey, do I need to, do I need to ratchet up the effort here a little bit? You yeah. know, um, whether it's in, you know, personal or professional life, I mean, it's, and I think it's the same for, for a lot of us, you know, guys that have experience in athletics and competing at a high level. I mean, you know what it means to really pour yourself into something. And, um, and so hopefully I'm, you know, I'm still carrying some of those good habits today. But um, if I'm being honest, yeah, sometimes you get, you know, it's a good, it's a good thing to reflect on and, and check to see if, uh, if I can do a little better. Beautiful. That is the key to life, man. Doing your best and see if you can just get better, little bit by bit. Yeah, um, I, you know, don't don't get the wrong idea with De La Salle. I mean, they wouldn't say, "Oh, we have to win this game," but it's about winning, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's about how you win, right? They don't talk about we won. They they say, "Hey, you know, we won because or we performed this way, and a win was the outcome." So it's, you know, that's a huge distinction and a huge lesson for a young person to learn. Most definitely. Um, Grant, I think it's time, man. We've, we've hit Matt with a lot of uh, deep questions about, you know, internally uh, being a leader and his path and all he's done at all the levels. And uh, it's time now to step out of the pocket. Matt, you know, uh, from my style, I like to play out of the pocket. A lot of my, best games and memories and most fun was had out of the pocket. So oh, yeah. I'm going to start this off with uh, some out of the pocket questions and go as long as you want or as short as you want, or say, I don't want to answer that. It's up to you. Okay. <laughs> the first one here, we've been in a quarantine, right? So there's been a lot less eating out and getting food ordered. And like, you know, if you don't cook, you kind of got 
you're going to be in a tough position by now learning what to make or how to do certain things. Um, What's your strangest like COVID food creation that you've made at home with like leftovers or in the pantry going, what the hell am I going to make for dinner? Oh man, this is a good question. (laughs) You know what I was doing? um, It's not that creative, but I was trying to replicate my Chipotle bowls at home. So I was like, nice. I was steaming rice, doing black beans. I was trying to go vegan, so I wasn't doing any meat, but I was trying to, you know, put all the salsa and everything together. That worked out pretty good for a while, but then it got old. So uh, <laughs> the other one I'll tell you. I, I'll bring I like back. it, dude. Yeah, I was, I mean, it's, it did this thing for a while, but uh, the other one that I brought back during the quarantine from childhood is, uh, I don't know what you guys called it, but like ants on a log or bumps on a log, uh, celery, peanut butter, and raisins. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one man we give that i like it yeah uh here, here's another one real quick as a quarterback we love challenges i know that anybody you know anybody who's played at our level and done anything that all three of us have done you like to be challenged so when you play golf are you playing the tips or are you moving up one or two tee boxes man i'll tell you what my golf game is not that strong so uh it's uh it's trending in the right direction, but so far I'm more of like a play from the blues guy. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. I just needed to know that. Now yeah. my last one, and then I'll let Grant, Grant ask you whatever he has and we'll close it out. But have you ever been watching TV and seen an infomercial and been like, whoa, wow, okay, and it hooks you? And if you have seen that infomercial, did you ever dial the number and buy the product? And if so, what was that product? So the answer is no, I've never done it, but I've been watching these MyPillow uh, infomercials lately. The My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for whatever reason, I'm just like, man, there's something to, I, I might have to check this out. So, oh man, we got prospects. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it. Good, good answer. I <laughs> uh, love it. I, I got a couple here. Uh, so Matt, you're, you're in the pocket, man, and you're, you're rolling out to your right. And you're rolling out of the pocket and you even stiff arm the defensive end and you got all this space and you just, you just huck this 50 yard post corner, beautiful touch, everything, just beautiful touchdown. If you were to describe that whole experience in one word, what would it be? Oh man. It's just like, um, it's just like a complete rush of adrenaline through your entire body. I mean, there's, uh, for me, there's nothing, there's, I don't think there's any feeling really like it, um, you know, to, to be competing and, and operating at that high of a level and to have a moment of success that you can, you know, run down the field like you're a kid and, you know, bump heads with your teammates and scream and yell. I mean, doing that as a grown man, you're lucky, right? So it's, uh, yeah, just complete elation and joy, I would say. I mean, that's like, to me, I just, it, it, you're right, man. Sometimes it's hard to, ex, ex, you know, to describe that moment because it's so just, it's just a beautiful experience. But, man, if I could be like Brett Favre or at least feel like Brett Favre every time he throws that touchdown and starts waving his hand like a little kid at recess time, you know, I mean, that's just, oh, yeah. that's how I feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never, uh, I don't think I ever threw enough touchdowns to just kind of do the walk-off like some of these guys do, but uh I'm sure they still feel a little bit of satisfaction. Totally, totally. Now, if you could transform yourself 
into any quarterback, past or present, who would that be? Wow. That's hard to, that's hard to choose. I know, uh, right? You know, I was, I was never very, uh, very nimble. So I, I do think it would be pretty fun to see what it, see what it feels like to, you know, to run around like a Mike Vick or, or Lamar Jackson and be able to make plays with your, your legs and your arm. Uh, <laughs> I think that'd be pretty cool. Yes. Good answer. <laughs> well, cool, man. I, that's all I got, Jake. I'm good, man. It's been awesome, Matt. Thanks, man, for all your uh, insight and sharing your history a little bit. We've enjoyed having you on the in and out of the pocket, man. It's been a great time. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. Always good to talk some ball.